Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. So today, what are we talking about, Austin? Yeah, so um, what I figured we'd talk about, just to kind of like loosen up the loosen up the muscles and loosen up the tongue a little bit and just kind of make it a more relaxed and not so focused episode to where we have to think about one, you know, movie or set of movies that we just watched. I kind of figured we would just talk about like our, it has to be our favorite movie. Like we've got to pick one movie. Uh, it's got to be one that we've watched like several times. And it's got to be one that we get ex- express our love for and one that, you know, one that we just can't shut up about. And so I was thinking like, Matt's got to definitely have one of those movies and I've got one of those movies. So I figured just to make it easier on us and make a really short and quick episode, we could kind of just do one where we talk about like either a movie, the most important movie to us or just our favorite movie in general. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, uh, I think that's good. We're going to, yeah, we're going to talk about our favorite movie. Um, and then I also wanted to delve into a little bit cause I'd like to talk about this to all my friends who, uh, watch movies who, or who are interested in movies, not only, uh, favorite movie but also what makes what's the difference between uh your favorite movie and the best movie because your favorite movie doesn't necessarily have to be the best in your opinion so um you know austin why don't you you want to start us off with uh what your favorite movie is and uh why it's your favorite movie yeah so um and i'll actually kind of tag on to um yeah what we'll dive into with it being our our favorite movie definitely isn't probably the best movie we've seen. I'll go ahead and say that my favorite movie isn't the best movie I've seen, but it's still a really fucking good movie for several reasons. And um, I, it's probably the most important movie to me because um, growing up, uh, you kind of grow up with different things as a kid. And I think you and I both can say that we like grew up on superheroes and like we grew up just on, you know, the young, the young boy, we grew up on action and we grew up on the, when you grow up in the, you know, traditional, you know, uh, you know, you grow up around your guys and you grow up, you know, you have guys that want to do, you know, they go hunting. We're just, you know, it's a very masculine style uh, uh, where we grew up was, you know, like the generals were, you know, the men do these very manly things, the women do these very womanly things. But like, so we grew up liking these action heroes and, and superheroes and violence and fighting and good triumphant evil. And despite being uh, around superheroes, the first big movie for me that I think uh, captured uh, my peak uh, interest in cinema was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, came out, you know, it's the first movie in the Indiana Jones trilogy. What I like about it is that it's actually what a lot of people don't know that it's actually like a a chapter later in Indiana Jones's life. Uh, Temple mm-hmm. of Doom is actually like an earlier chapter. But my favorite movie is Raiders because, well, geez, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Well, one is he's an action hero and he was like, he was the first act, adventure action hero that was really put onto the big screen when like the big, the box office uh, blockbusters that just started coming out, right? So the the term blockbuster came out like uh, in the seventies when Jaws was so popular. It was lining up; ticket lines were going around blocks. That's where the term blockbuster comes from. And I think that movie started with Jaws. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it did. But 
shortly after that, I mean, it was like the dawn of the blockbusters. You had Jaws and you had Star Wars in 77. And then in 81 um, was when Rangers of the Star came out. And uh, I mean, I was born in 95, so this wasn't like a movie theater experience for me. I was, this, this movie was just kind of passed on to me from my uncle and my dad because that's what they grew up watching. And so it comes out in 1981, and it's around the time of Star Wars. It's, bet- it's right between, no, it's right after Empire Strikes Back, and it's right uh, before uh, Return of the Jedi. So it's like, it's Harrison Ford's, not, I guess, his big break, but it's like, it's his, it's his like, first big movie role. Cause like, you had your action hero stars, you know, like Arnold and these guys that they just had their movies. Like, the, it, the movies were their movies, and, their star power alone was good enough to carry the movie. Well, Harrison Ford was in Star Wars before he was in um, Indiana Jones, but he wasn't like the main guy in Star Wars. You know, that was Mark Hamill and, you know, he, just like, I mean, not to say nobody liked Han because everyone did love Han, but like that wasn't like his movie. You know, that wasn't like his, his big break, um, or, like his big project that just sent him to the moon in terms of star power. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was actually Raiders that did that. Uh, Raiders was like his his Arnold, you know. It was he headlined the movie. I mean, he's in the movie. He's uh, top build. I mean, it's basically he 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 jokes that it's the mu- the music <laughs> the famous uh, music follows him everywhere he goes because I mean, yeah, most people you know love him for Han Solo and most people love him for uh, Jack Ryan or whatever the fuck uh, all the other shit he's done. But um, I guess most people, and I myself argue that it was really Raiders and the Indiana Jones trilogy that kind of launched him into that status. But um, no, it's just, for me going back, not, I mean, yeah, it's a nostalgia thing, but I'm not, it's not pure nostalgia because like when you go back and watch it, it actually does hold up as a really good movie. Um, just upon like, there's so many good qualities about Will make it a good movie, and the biggest thing to me is that it actually feels like it's a sh- a movie shot, like there are actual real sets. The whole movie was like built for the the film. I think the only big, uh, probably non set scenes or scenes where extra like CGI is used is actually the very end, and um, the very end of the movie, you know, is is uh, Belloc opening the Ark and the power of God striking all the Nazis down. If I recall, I mean, that's really one of the only major scenes that requires non-practical effects. And even in that scene, they used, like, practical effects, like, like actual explosions with the cameras exploding, all the lights blowing and shit like that. Don't they, so not, do, don't they do some mm-hmm. weird in-camera technique for the ghosts? Isn't that, like, or not the ghosts, or I guess the God, the Wrath of God or whatever? Isn't it, is it CGI mm-hmm. or is it, um, don't they use, like, some, I thought they used, like, in-camera tricks for the ghosts. Maybe, maybe they may have used like I think they may have used like some kind of mirror technique or like some kind of light, like a like a light or maybe like a yeah, it may have been some kind of light dance or something like that. Because if you go back and watch it, like there was something the camera followed the ghosts or the the, the powers of God. You know, they were kind of like dancing around the Nazis before they just all killed them. Mm-hmm. And if you look back, yeah, there is like there's real light reflecting off of the actors' faces. So they did have to use some kind of practical light. Now, I don't know if that was just some kind of like uh, a light refraction that just kind of went around like a, like a light screen or like a light bulb that would just go around and glow. And then they would just kind of add the faces in later. They may have done that. 
Um, but in terms of camera, but speaking of camera techniques, that was there. They didn't actually use any like color grading or like any lighting uh, meters. Uh, oh, what's his name? Doug. Uh, I think his name's Doug uh, Salone or something like that. The cinematographer. He didn't use a lighting meter, which is you know essentially like uh, a tool used in sets that kind of helps uh, throw lighting around. So like you get certain angles and certain uh, lights either to to illuminate your actor's face or anything like that. Um, but this movie, he actually just used so much like uh, natural lighting in the environment that they built, and they didn't actually have like any light refractors on set. Like a hundred percent of that movie just uses like actual shadows and light based on the set that they built. Like it's really impressive, and like I mean, most of the movies shot out in, like a desert, or it's you know, in just like a, 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 a you know, out in a hallway or in, in a building. But they shot in so much natural light that if you go back and watch it, it's like it's unbelievable because like so much of that movie is just captured, you know, real time, real set, and no light grading or anything like that. Um, and also, it's just like so much of that movie is impressive in its uh, like the the big scene, or I guess the big chase the big monumentous thing that everyone remembers from raiders is probably a truck chase where um the nazis have the ark and they're taking it away from the dick site to get it away from everyone else and to try and get it to hitler eventually and uh indy has to chase it down with just a horse and so he's following it on this out in fucking egypt or cairo i can't remember i think they shot it in jordan or something like that like a hundred percent of this entire sequence, except for one, maybe one shot, like all of it is shot pure on location, actual moving trucks, stuntmen moving from vehicle to vehicle, people falling out of the truck, people <laughs> jumping and people getting drugged behind the truck and shit like that. It's just mm -hmm. like, they just, you, you don't make them like that anymore. And if you do, like, it just looks so fake and so... I don't even I don't know if it's a safety thing anymore, but it's just absolutely insane to me that there was a guy that was basically being drugged behind a truck, like on his stomach, because Indy has to climb under the car because he doesn't want to get uh, squashed between two vehicles. So he basically climbs under the truck and kind of like shimmies down the the bottom of the truck, and then uh, he takes his bullwhip and hooks it basically underneath the truck, and then it just drags him like. 300 yards across the gr the gravel and that's an actual guy laying there you know yeah. like on the fucking ground just being drugged by this truck going 40 miles an hour mm -hmm. so it's just like it's so captivating and it's so different and um and the story it in terms of story it's different too because it was like i think you've probably heard this but like you can raiders can exist without indiana jones like if indiana jones wasn't in the movie like probably most of it could have still played out the way it was have yeah. you heard that I haven't heard that, no, but uh, yeah. I, I can see it. Yeah, because well, the reason people say that is because no matter what he does, he loses. So, like, no matter however it how, however it works out in the end, like Indiana Jones gets his gets his ass kicked, like in every sense, like in every he loses, like in every basic scene, you know, like he goes, he loses at the end of the he literally loses at the in the beginning of the movie because he. Um, he gets his he gets his fortune. He gets his fertility idol. He escapes the temple, and then there's a fucking French uh, a French archaeologist sitting there. He's like, "Okay, I'll be having that." <laughs> you know, it's like he fucking lost. Like, you know, he, oh well, like he tried. 
And then he um, fucking, you know, uh, he goes to Marion. And Marion and Indy uh, go to Cairo. And then he loses Marion. <laughs> and then, like, it's like, well, shit. And then he goes and finds the Ark. He finds the Well of the Souls. And then he finds the Ark. And then he loses the Ark. Yeah. So it's like, in a way, like, I was going to bring up this comparison towards the end of my spiel. But, like, they... You, uh, you've professed your love for Captain America and you've talked about how, you know, Captain America goes just beyond being like an American patriot and how he just always, uh, he's always going to do what's right, even if he has to get his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think Indiana Jones was my Captain America because no, even though he's still losing, like the fact that he's losing throughout this story and the fact that he's getting his ass kicked, he's still kind of being a pest to the Nazis. And so even though he's getting his ass kicked, he still keeps going. You know, it's the whole, it's literally the, I can do this all day spiel, you know, like he yeah. just keeps going and he just, he's constantly getting his ass kicked throughout the whole movie and he constantly loses. And, um, but people say that Raiders is interesting because without Indy, the Nazis would have opened the arc anyway. And then like, if the power of God would have struck them down anyway, in the end, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. that's what a lot of people argue. So it's just like, you know, it's. It, it, I think it kind of ties into the whole um, message about it's not necessarily the the destination; it's the it's the journey or something like that. Or, but he what he says is it's not the uh, you know it's not the years; it's the mileage. It's just the, you know it's the things you do and not necessarily how long you do them for. Yeah, I I also I was interested in, in this aspect of that film as well because um, I, I was pretty sure you're going to pick Raiders. So, mm-hmm. um, my my thing is like. So I know you're a big uh, Star Wars guy as well. So, and and I've talked to people um, before who are, you know, Star Wars people, and they don't like the new trilogy. And I think the Star Wars has the stain of, you know, having a bunch of movies behind them. And I think it's kind mm-hmm. of similar with Marvel. Um, they have a lot of movies behind them, so there's more chances to fail, right. and you kind of loop in. You know, um, you don't. You kind of forget that those t- like movies were good at one point. You oh, know? Yeah. So like, and they were new, and then you kind of get more of the same over and over again because that's what works. That's what sells. So they're gonna do that. And Indiana Jones has four movies. You know, I think they have four movies in like a TV series that like was short lived, right? right? So, um, what I was gonna say is that. I th- do you think that Indiana Jones is probably like because there there are people who's like my favorite movie Star Wars like the original Star Wars mm-hmm. or Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back or whatever? Do you think that the original Indiana Jones is your favorite because it doesn't have the stain of um, like a prequel trilogy and then also a uh, like a, mm-hmm. a sequel trilogy as well? Yeah, probably. I think. Um, and yeah, how do you feel about also, them doing a new one? That's that's also a good question. Well, yeah, the. Indiana Jones was never, I think the, I don't think the original Indiana Jones movies were, like, what I would say today is they're not Happy Meals, uh, what Martin Scorsese would say, is they're not Happy Meals toys, like, the, they did not, like, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, which I meant to mention, it wasn't actually Steven Spielberg that wrote this movie, a lot of people think that Steven was just like, I mean, he did direct these movies, but it was actually George Lucas who wrote all of the Indiana Jones movies, and so he doesn't get enough credit for that, but anyway, um, yeah, like the back in the eighties, they weren't like Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were like, "Hey, let's write this movie because like we can create this hero, and then we can sell a shit ton of merch off of him, and like and license him, and like sell fucking Funko Pops, and sell fucking T-shirts, and sell you know like what the fuck ever loot boxes or something like 
you know, if you go back and these movies were released just to be like movie theater experiences, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that hasn't really been stained by the 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 assembly line movie. And um, I think even going back to I think Temple of Doom maybe suffered a little bit from that because Raiders was such a big hit. They really tried to they marketed the shit out of Temple of Doom back in 1983 or 84. They really marketed it heavy, uh, heavier than the first movie. And, you know, they sold more merchandise and shit like that. But that didn't take away from, like, the quality of the movie. And that didn't, like, uh, that didn't take away from the craft of the movie and, like, the, um, what the heart of the movie. You know, like, nowadays you watch a movie and they're entertaining as hell. They, you can still watch an entertaining movie even today that comes out that's been coming out in the last 20 years. You can watch those and they're still fun, entertaining, and take you out of, uh, you know, help you help you have that escapism, but um, they're still hollow because they seem to be all made the same. Mm-hmm. And like, there's no like, um, you don't feel a love for the you don't feel a love of the craft through the movie, and you just definitely feel like they just like. I don't know how else to say it other than just do what they're doing the bare minimum, you know. And um, and I'm not yeah. like I'm not even th- I'm not thrilled at all about them making a. Uh, I'm not like. I'm cautious, but I'm not like thrilled about Harrison even coming back. Because by the time this movie comes out, by the time the fifth Indiana Jones movie comes out, Harrison Ford is going to be over 80 years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's right. Just going to be like Jesus Christ. Like most people would be dead by now. It's going to be but, like, uh, was it Robert De Niro and The Irishman, where he's like kicking that guy, and it's like he's like they de-aged yeah. him. And it's like oh, he's very clearly old as fuck. Yeah, exactly. It looks like an eight, like an 87 year old man trying to beat someone up. Yeah, yeah, it's, and he's like he goes to kick that dude, and he just barely, <laughs> he can barely move and walk. It's yeah, like it's, literally uh, get a different actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's, <laughs> I think, um, I, I think also one thing that I kind of wanted to say about Indiana Jones uh, is that um, there's a real so in uh, so people talk about Star Wars, right? And it's like a space opera samurai movie in space type thing right there's like kind of elements so like george lucas is kind of like he's been criticized for this you know and then people have said oh it's like actually garbage that he does this which i think it's fine um but a lot of his movies are kind of like pastiches they're kind of like a mixture of different other movies that he's seen and he likes you know oh yeah so Star Wars is kind of a mixture of like Flash Gordon and like serials and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Samurai yeah, exactly. movies. Like there's a lot of like a uh, Kurosawa, like um, mm-hmm. not homages, but there's a lot of Kurosawa overtones in Star Wars, you know, and there's a lot of like that kind mm-hmm. of uh, Flash Gordon as stuff. But like, you know, Indiana Jones was kind of a like a pastiche of a adventure serial you know, like a, oh, yeah. an adventure and stuff. But I think the difference between like Star Wars is, like I said, Star Wars has that stain of like being a multi-billion dollar like franchise. So what happens is like, it's like franchises instead of movies, right? So yeah. the Star Wars franchise has so much lore and so many movies and so many books and comics and all this stuff, which is fine. It's fine to have lore. It's fine to have books. It's fine to have comics. But at the end of the day, um, Star Wars has become a genre in and of itself, and it's not, it doesn't really have, uh, 
doesn't really have um like you know this heart right like anymore at least when it first came out like the original trilogy i feel kind of had more heart mm-hmm. than the the newer oh, yeah. stuff and and that's something that i don't know I'm, i might be putting words in your mouth but do you think that maybe that's what why Indiana Jones is appealing is because it does have that type, even though it's a pastiche, you know, it does have that type of heart to it. I think it's got a lot of heart. Yeah, it's well because I think um, it's it's of it's very of Steven Spielberg to put you know heart and uh, meaning into movies, and yeah, even the Star Wars, those first three Star Wars, I mean, they're so like, um, I mean, like I think. Everyone has said, and everyone, even including Mark Hamill and uh, Carrie Fisher and all those guys in Star Wars, have said like this wasn't even supposed to be like this. Like George Lucas wanted to write a movie about like anti-imperialism and like the the wars and the you know the cost of war and like uh, the, you know triumphing good over evil and how like uh, no matter how it looks. Uh, imperialism is imperialism and like even he had like a george lucas had to sit down with james cameron and like he basically said that like yeah like my movie was i was inspired by my the rebel the rebels in star wars were basically like at the time the Viet Cong. like that was that was who they were that's who i was getting my inspiration from like mm-hmm. real world like in terms of fighting because like these rebels were just like guerrilla fighters and stuff like that and when you add, when you add some to, for something to have heart, I think what most people mean by when something has heart, it means like it has, it appeals to your humanity in a sense. Like it actually, um, it appeals to your humanity and it makes you feel like there's some good, uh, to come of it. And, um, there's a really good message there and there's not just, um, you know, it doesn't exist just to be a uh, entertaining, you know, good and evil, like, cookie cutter. Well, I mean, even though Star Wars is insanely, like, you know, stereotypical good and evil. But, like... I, I think, like, I, I don't know. I think that, like, saying something has heart, it's kind of like saying saying a movie has heart is like saying a director has vision or saying that a writer has a voice, right? It's kind of like oh, this yeah, yeah. catch-all term. Um, but I think that... In, in ter- when I say something has heart, it kind of means that there's a vision behind it. And by vision, I mean something that's natural that oh, kind of comes about from the director. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And and so when I say something has heart, it means like the director's heart is in the movie. So they're like, right. they're making this film. And it's like, you know, they're they're making a film, right? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times with newer movies, especially, um, mm-hmm. like you, like I said, new Star Wars movies, uh, there's no heart because it's, there's no vision there. There's no director's vision, mm-hmm. and what it is is it's just it's literally a manufactured product. Yeah, exactly. Um, where so like a film is art, you know, whereas a mm-hmm. uh, I think this is this is what I told you. Like, what we can talk about it a little later on, you know. But like, this is what kind of what I, I keep. I told you where I think Martin Scorsese's right in mm-hmm. that Marvel movies aren't films because they're movies. They're they don't right. they, they have like there are some that are directors have visions and they execute mm-hmm. them and they're good and I can consider them films, right? But then there's a lot of them that feel manufactured like you just kind of put them in an algorithm and they kind of mm-hmm. 
spit out this is what needs yeah. to happen here 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 and here yeah exactly and even jj abrams like uh retroactively has come out and said yeah we didn't actually have any real overall overarching plan for star wars <laughs> he was like we just kind of threw it all together <laughs> like, what a really Christ. bad what a really bad filmmaker you know we yeah, can talk about real. that maybe one day but jesus christ such a bad jj yeah. abrams is so bad yeah it's purely it, about it's, everything <laughs> We we can we can talk, yeah we'll talk about directors on another episode, um, but yeah I mean that's kind of that's kind of I mean I could talk about Raiders all day and I know we don't have a lot of time and I was going to ask you I mean we've got to we've got to do a fantasy football draft here in a little bit did you want to talk about your movie or do you want to come back later this week and then we can do a whole episode on your favorite movie Yeah let's just talk about I'll, I'll talk about my movie really quick and then we can just okay. run down I mean we got you know some time so oh, okay um so. My thing is that my favorite movie, um, and it's similar to yours, right? And it's not similar to yours, but it's similar similar why why it's my favorite movie. So I have two movies in my life that I tell people Mm -hmm. um, were hugely influential on on me as a person, right? And it's just Mm -hmm. like, because they, they both came at a time in my life. One came at a time when I was younger in my life to where I was Mm -hmm. like, oh shit, this is movies. And then the second one came at a time in my life where I was like, "Oh shit, this is later on." Um, so, right. where, where I've always I've always liked movies, but one 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 made me fall in love with movies to begin with, and then the second one made me like re-fall in love with movies and realize that movies can be like, you yes. know, more than entertainment; they can be art, you know. So the so I'll, I'll just say this: the 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 original one that that happened for me was Jurassic Park, the original which mm-hmm. I saw when I was a kid and I was like, and I still love, you know, it's a great movie. It's in, definitely in the top 10. Uh, and that was like a holy shit, like movies exist and are awesome, you yeah, know, exactly. for me. Yeah. Um, and that's something like a lot of people say that, you know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a uh, cliche, but that's, that really happened to me when I saw Jurassic Park for the first time. I was like, damn. Cause like I was at that age, mm-hmm. you know, it was around the time when uh, yeah. I would have been liking dinosaurs. So, and then I saw it and was like, what the fuck like these dinosaurs are real you know yeah like um, it was it was such a gripping thing it was like like you like you believed that was an actual thing you know yeah and that's that was like mm. that was literally movie magic to me and i was like mm. whoa it's crazy um yeah another franchise that uh got destroyed uh you know because yeah. <laughs> they made by, more by, by manufacturing assembly lines yes yeah. Because they literally just decided to make more, but yeah. but that's not my favorite movie. My favorite movie actually is the second time that that happened because it kind of kickstarted this second like renaissance of me mm-hmm. enjoying movies, and that's uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Um, right, so it, it came yes. out uh, 2011. It was uh, David O. Russell directed it, starring Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. And it's funny. It's funny earlier. So you said that. Uh, your favorite was Raiders because, like, w- when you grew up, it was like a masculine thing, which is hilarious. The Silver Lines playbook is my favorite, right? Hyper, very non hyper masculine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Silver Lines playbook is my favorite because I-, I always tell people, I'm like, it's the perfect Matt movie, right? It's the perfect movie for Matt. And it's because it's a, it's a love story that it's got, like, football in it it's got which i'm not like you know i'm not a huge football guy but Mm. it's got football in it which is great it's got humor and uh it's about mental it's a love story 
but it's about mental illness ostensibly, right? Because mm-hmm. um, the main character, Pat, uh, Pat Saltano, is, you know, he's uh, in jail. He's not in jail, sorry. He's in a, he's in a mental, uh, like, it's a like psych... correctional facility or something like that. Right, right? he's, like, in a psych, psych facility for... Yeah because uh, he was undiagnosed bipolar with schizophrenic episodes mm-hmm. and he what happened was he found his he, he came home early he found his wife cheating on him with the, his wife was an English teacher and then mm-hmm. he found her cheating on him with a with the history teacher and he was a substitute history teacher so he like beats him and almost kills him so they, they bring him to jail and they uh, because they found so they found out that uh you know, oh, he's actually undiagnosed bipolar, and there's a lot, like, his father has, you know, mental problems. He has, like, uh, anger issues and everything. And so the movie's about him trying to get into shape and better himself to reconnect with his wife, who currently has a restraining order against him, and he meets uh, Jennifer Lawrence, right, who is a widower. Um, You know, she's a widow because her police officer husband died, and she has a lot of, like, uh, you know, mental illnesses as well. And it's them meeting and connecting and realizing that, you know, long story long, they can love each other, right? And it's about, you know, Pat has to be unselfish, right? He has to be unselfish for both uh, Tiffany, which is uh, Jennifer Lawrence character's name, and his wife, because he's holding on to his wife uh, mm-hmm. for too long. Um, and it... Uh, you know, it's it's about him like accepting himself too, and 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 realizing. You know, and I really like the the message of it too. It's you know, so there's he says that there's a silver lining. You know, there's always a silver lining, and it's like going to get better. And so he goes through this horrible thing, this horrible emotional turmoil, and ends up, you know, through through dance and expression with with Tiffany, ends up falling in love again like with a different person you know and realizing like oh well i do you know my marriage was loveless i need to let go and right and it's it's great and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of great great uh scenes in that movie it's really funny um and let me just tell you this right now uh david or russell's movie is far this is sometimes you'll hear me say this sometimes you won't but it's this is one instance where the movie's a lot better than the book. The book is bad. It's based off. Oh of yeah, book. it is a book. I forgot about that. Yeah, the book is bad. I read the book recently, but I watch that movie um, every single year uh, mm-hmm. since it's come out. I've, I've watched it probably once or twice a year. I usually watch it either around my birthday or Thanksgiving or Christmas. Um. Yeah. So, uh, why? So this movie came at a time where I was watching movies, but I wasn't like, I didn't think they, you know, I didn't really think that much about them critically. I was just kind of like watching movies to watch them. You know, I wasn't, it was just like entertainment for me. And then this movie comes out and I was like, Oh wow. Like it's, it's an incredible movie. And it, it, it like makes me think about all these complex things. And, you know, David O. Russell became one of my favorite directors just because uh that movie right was so good um what else, what else did he direct did he direct was it american hustle 
he directed American Hustle. Yeah, that's right. He directed uh, I Heart Huckabees, which is it's ironically is one of Jennifer Lawrence's is Jennifer Lawrence's favorite movie. Great film. Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, he directed Three Kings, which if you haven't seen Three Kings, it's very prescient right now with 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 what's happening in Afghanistan. Right. It's uh it's about Desert Storm. It's got George Clooney and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, he directed The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg. It's a good movie. Um, yeah, so he's done a lot of great uh, movies. His last one was kind of a stinker, but, you know, you can forgive him for that. Which one was his last one? Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure. I think it was Joy. I'm almost 100% certain that it was the movie called Joy. Oh, yeah. We went and saw that, didn't we? It was bad, yeah. It was pretty terrible. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. I remember, I remember us both like going. It was so weird. I was like, the first half of it was like the worst yeah. movie we'd ever seen, and the second half was like, okay, this is all right. <laughs> yeah, that was when uh, she she designs the the mop, right? Like Bradley Cooper sells it on TV and some shit like that. And she becomes like the infomercial girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that wasn't really. I remember like the last ninety minutes, or maybe the last thirty minutes, just being like, well, like the pace just picked up, and like now there's like. Now we see her growing as a character, and now we see her changing, and now she's feeling happier again. And, and then all of a sudden, it's like, is she really happy again? Like, it, it seems like this has just caused her more problems than anything. So, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that movie. I mean, yeah, I think that was one of the last movies. Uh, I think that was one of the last movies I saw that in theaters that maybe wasn't like a big blockbuster blockbuster movie. And that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, his next movie, no, it doesn't have any uh it doesn't have a title it doesn't have plot mm-hmm. it's literally the only thing and there's four photos on there and like it's christian bale john david washington and margot robbie in like old-timey dress that's, that's right it. um but yeah Please. so so my so the reason I, I guess like to make a long story short um the reason that that's i'm sorry it came out in 2012 uh, Silver Lines playbook yeah, did. I was I was gonna ask like, so is it the perfect map movie because like it has basically the best like elements of being a human? Because like I think when I go back and think about that movie and I think about like Bradley Cooper, I do remember like being frustrated with like I think that's what I found myself reflecting on being frustrated with uh, Pat because Pat was just kind of like an asshole, and I don't think like. Or like you know, he doesn't he doesn't realize that how he comes off is that way, and um, I think he I don't even think he like he takes medication for it in the movie, right? Does he take medication for it? He tries not to because he doesn't like how the medication makes him feel. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah, also says it like, bloats him, and he wants to work out more. You know, so he wants yeah. to be fit. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember this is stuck with me for some reason. But that was one of the first movies I saw where I saw a character out jogging in a trash bag and i was like why mm-hmm. the fuck is he doing that <laughs> yeah i've actually seen that like you know i've never saw that before and then after a while i uh uh after a while i started seeing that like at the gym and stuff i started seeing guys wear trash bags and mm-hmm. stuff i still see that some every once in a while guys like out jogging mm-hmm. wearing wearing a hoodie and trash bags it's like weird yeah. it's to you know sweat more but mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean that's the the reason I say it's a perfect map movie is because the all all the elements are there that I like in movies. So like I really like I'm really cheesy. I really like a good romance. Right? Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I like a good romance, but I really like uh there's a 
like a sad like my favorite anime is uh your lie in april and it's like you know it's because it's like sad but it's like heartwarming and and that's what i really like about silver Lines playbook is it's like sad because he's like you know mentally ill mm-hmm. and there's like a lot going on and he's like doesn't realize like you said he's kind of an asshole he doesn't kind of realize it because he's mm-hmm. got these mental problems and he can't help it and like he's trying his hardest and and he can never he can't do it you know like even through mm-hmm. his extreme dedication like he's failing and and i'm i'm a sucker for this like bittersweet sad like happy ending where mm-hmm. the 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 movie you're you're kind of like even though he's like a dick in in certain instances he's a he's a lovable guy and right. you want him you want him to succeed uh, in getting back together with his wife and then you realize that's not what he should do even though that's what you want him to do you're rooting mm. for him to get back together with his wife and then you realize oh wait like actually you know tiffany jennifer lawrence's character is way better you know it doesn't seem like she would be but she is she's way better for him oh, in yeah. terms of like and and you know he's a better match for her too because he's not a good match for his wife right so um there's a bittersweet like there's something that happens there that you know you don't you don't think you, you don't originally want to happen but when it happens you go oh that's like that's nice yeah yeah and when you spend a lot of time I mean, what's I think what's also important for Pat in that movie is like you see how his family is, and like his family loves the Philadelphia Eagles so much that they're like always like they're always like I think they're always like wanting him to like watch the like he's like you guys should just you know like or they're telling Pat like hey you you mean you just you just don't worry about your wife like just hang out with us all the time and just watch help us watch the Eagles <laughs> and he's like I mean I like watching the Eagles too but like I'm not that crazy about it you know you, you can tell he's like. You can tell he's not like super into his family, but at the same time, like he cares about them, and he's also trying to seek something else. And, um, and I think I like that too because you know you you love your family, but like you don't want to feel like you're trapped with them. Mm-hmm. And I I definitely feel like um, part of uh, Pat's um, an important part of Pat's story is that his he's not like not to say his family's not important, but like. You can tell by the way his family is that they they haven't been like super supportive to him, but like right. they also don't fully quite understand him. They just still want him to be around because they're family. And I think I think to him he's like it's a simple it's a sense of obligation because they're family. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell that like he really is infatuated with um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character, and like he sees something there and he feels something with her that he doesn't feel with his family or anyone else. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I think. He got out. He definitely got out of his comfort zone with the dance routine, you know, and like that's like definitely getting out of his comfort zone for him. And um, I think that's also an important thing about when it comes to like meeting someone and like wanting to be with someone is how out of your comfort zone it is. Mm-hmm. And I really like, and I really like that about the movie too. Yeah, um, I think all that's uh, to be mm-hmm. said. Also, I, I just wanted to so. Um, I think that was a good, good discussion on both ends, just talking about our favorite movies. Um, and I just wanted to wrap up with, with this. So I always, you know, like I said, we always talk about, I always talk to like my film loving friends about, um, what's the difference between the best, your, the best movie and your favorite movie. Right. Um, you know, and I, I say your favorite movie can, can be anything. Right. And, and you know, it's, it's always, it's always, uh, yeah. 
it's always object or it's always subjective, right? Subjective, yeah. It's always subjective about your favorite or the be- both are, you know, it, best in my opinion is, you know, favorite, my favorite mm-hmm. is. So I always have, I have two different answers. I always say my, my favorite movie, Silver Lines Playbook, I think the best movie is the Shawshank Redemption, right? So like the reason that is, is because I think there's a difference and I think you're allowed to, because a lot of people think that if you say my favorite movie is, then it also means the best movie is. Um, and I think there's a big difference between that. I think you can kind of separate the two um, where the discussion leads to, uh-huh. you know, the the best movie is this because of this, 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 and this, like the cinematography, the acting, the directing, whatever. And then that movie could be the best, but it also doesn't hit you the same as your favorite movie because like you know if you if you if you think the best movie is pulp fiction or whatever right you say the best movie is pulp fiction but my favorite movie is like finding nemo it's like well why is your you know right your favorite movie is finding nemo because of like x yeah. y and z the way it makes you feel yeah 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 so i think in in ultimately a movie movie going experience is like a a visceral like uh experience an emotional experience so um Long story long, uh, to, to, to cut the discussion completely short, it's, uh, I think that that feeling is something that, you know, you can separate from what you mm-hmm. think is the, the craft of, like, movie making. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if you had anything else to add, but that was, I was that's all. I'll thinking. just put in, my, I'll put in my two cents on what I think the best film I've ever seen was. I think the best movie I've ever seen was Back to the Future. Okay. Like it, like um, because because there's so much. Um, it's I feel like Back to the Future is like a celebration of what movie making should be, mm-hmm. and like Back to the Future also doesn't exist in like a uh, assembly line movie culture. Like uh, most people, uh, like screenplay res- almost like unanimously unanimously agree. It's almost like the perfect screenplay. It's like the perfect adaption of a movie. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because it it really is like a celebration of what a movie can be, and it's like as your emotion has stakes, and oh my god, I think I think just because Back to the Future is the best movie I've seen because of how high the stakes are, and like thirty minutes in, like that's where the stakes start because like that's when shit gets real, and like every moment in that movie feels so important, you know, and that's like because it's a, it's a race against time, but it's also like preserving like a certain it's preserving another life and so like every moment is insanely important to how everything else is going to play out and that's why it's really hard to do time movies like time travel movies like that mm-hmm. um but i think that's why i think back to the future just based on that alone is the best movie it's not my favorite movie but it's mm-hmm. the best movie i've ever seen yeah i i think that i think we can wrap it up there um <laughs> you know we got to get to our draft so um yeah so i i guess we will um we'll discuss what our next topic is next week uh we'll just give a little surprise for you guys um (laughs) but yeah so we just wanted to give you that episode so you know so this podcast is going to be um it's going to be some contemporary movies some old movies that we review but we're also Mm -hmm. going to give you topics like today so we just wanted to give you our second episode uh you know this episode which is the topic of uh, our our favorite movies and then also that we'll add discussion of best movies just so you can get to know us better um but yeah we'll we will have more topics uh for Mm -hmm. you guys next week so i guess we will see you guys later see you guys writer